Welcome to California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Saturius Johnson. This episode, we're heading to Humboldt County, a jewel nestled on California's north coast. We'll start off with Sebastian Elright, owner of Humboldt Bay Oyster Tours in Eureka. There's been a pretty good steady supply of oysters coming from Humboldt Bay. And as such, uh, we've been recognized by the state as uh, the oyster capital of California. After that, in Oric, Kimberly Frick shares what it's like to experience old growth redwoods on horseback. One of the great things about uh, visiting the redwoods on horseback is that you're a little bit higher up so that you can see over uh, the brush along the trail and you don't have to be constantly looking down to see where you're walking, making sure you're not tripping over any roots or anything like that. And publisher Melissa Sanderson joins us with her picks for an outstanding getaway to historic Ferndale. That's all coming up on California Now. My next guest boasts 25 years in Humboldt County's booming oyster business. Sebastian Elright is the driving force behind Aqua Rodeo Farms and Humboldt Bay Oyster Tours, a local oyster farm that offers educational boat tours. He's also the owner of Humboldt Bay Provisions and Oyster Bar, making him the go-to expert for all things oysters in Eureka. Sebastian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Soterius. Appreciate it. Sure. So, you know, it seems like your life's passion is oysters. So let's start there. How did you get into oyster farming? Um, Well, when I was going to school starting up here in Humboldt County uh, at the college, Humboldt State University, now Cal Poly Humboldt, I uh, got a part-time job just working my way through and there was a little bit of a a pretty good oyster industry at that point in the early 90s and just kind of stuck with it part-time for a couple years we got an opportunity to start my own farm. So that's what I did. That's really cool. So how, how do you actually farm or catch oysters? Well, um, it's not really catching because we plant oyster seedlings and we tend to them uh, and, you know, nurture them up a little bit as far as uh, just making sure they don't get too much other stuff growing on them from uh, biofouling or like barnacles and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, sort them up to the right sizes over time, probably about two years to a year and a half for my particular oyster sizes that I grow. And we're able to market them just like that. Wow. So, I mean, is there a season for oysters or how, how does that work? Or is it kind of a year round thing? Well, it can be year round. It's it's a little bit weather dependent, depending on uh, rainfall for our bay, because it's uh, what they call conditionally approved. So if we get too much rain, we have to shut down for a few days and let the tidal action flush out some of the uh, surface runoff and different kinds of stuff that comes from the hills and that kind of thing to get it back to the oceanic conditions that the oysters like so much. All right. So let's dive into the oyster tour, which sounds like a lot of fun. Can you paint a picture of what it's like to join one of your tours? Primarily, the Oyster Tour is about a two-hour boat ride um, running around the bay in different locations and just kind of eyeballing some of the different oyster techniques. As that happens, um, we're able to uh, you know, go out to my oyster farm in particular and do some fresh oyster harvesting. And when we get those oysters landed, we'll go ahead and head back to the oyster bar at Humboldt Bay Provisions over in Old Town in Eureka and um, do a little tasting and 
have some local libations and, uh, <laughs> you know, have a little sit down. Oh, that sounds amazing. So you actually, you, you go out, yeah, you go out, you harvest them and then you come back and you actually let people taste like, uh, minutes old, you know, whatever fresh, uh, oyster is. That's yeah. pretty, uh, unique. Right. Swimming just a little bit ago. That's amazing. Do you lead the tours yourself? Correct. At this point. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the, sole tour guide for Humboldt Bay Oyster Tours. How did you kind of come up with the, the idea for the tour? Was it something like people were coming to visit and were asking lots of questions and uh, you thought, well, gee, I mean, there's got to be, there's a, there's a, a need for this. I, I was in the back of my mind from doing farmer's markets out of the area. A lot of the people that I would meet up and down the coast of California and a little bit inland would be interested in coming to see what the farm was like and that kind of thing. And then it was actually sparked on by a friend of mine, John, who um, actually opened up what was then the Humboldt Bay Tourism Center and turned it into, through some branding operations, Humboldt Bay Provisions. And so he started that and then I took it over from him and his wife um, in about 2018. But in 2012 is when we actually started doing tours. And I was just a tour operator for his tourism center slash oyster bar. Who are your customers? Are they mostly locals or do you get a lot of visitors from out of town? It's primarily a lot of visitors and stuff from out of town. Uh, and then, of course, uh, locals like to bring in some some of their visitors that come with them to, you know, give them a little taste of what Humboldt County has to offer. We, Like I say, we do local libations and award-winning local cheeses and that kind of stuff, just like little small bites and that kind of thing. That's great. I'm sure that the uh, the libations and the oyster tastings are probably one of the highlights of the tour. What are some of the other kind of highlights that really stand out for people? Um, just the just the recognition of what the effort is like to actually grow oysters and some of the conditions that are required for having high quality oyster products here in Humboldt Bay. They just don't don't necessarily know how much care and management is taken in actually monitoring those conditions and trying to ensure that those conditions stay pristine for the oysters and in general for the rest of the environment that we're in. Right. Like in today's world, it's, it, it just doesn't happen. You have to kind of help it happen by preserving the conditions that have been there for right. thousands of years or something, right? The stewardship part of it's a big deal. Right, right. So what kind of information do you share with guests during the tour? Like what, what, what are some of the facts that you, you know, share with kind of, yeah, well, some of the main facts kind of that we go through are just how long oyster farming has been in Humboldt Bay. Um, it started out primarily, there was a couple of experiments early on with some East coast oysters in like 1920, 1930. But the primary operations that um, have kept the industry going started in about 1955 or 1958. And uh, ever since then, there's been a pretty good steady supply of oysters coming from Humboldt Bay. And as such, uh, we've been recognized by the state as uh, the oyster capital of California. So that's pretty amazing. Is there a specific dress code or any other kind of advice you'd like to share with listeners considering taking your tour? Um, well, the tour right now is ran out of my farm tractor, essentially, which is my farm boat, which is an open boat. So um, it's just like a bathtub floating out on the water. So there's no protection <laughs> from the elements. But I do have some rain ponchos and, you know, that kind of thing if we run into any adverse weather. But it's 
dress layered. Uh, you know, it might be good to have some uh, shoes you don't want to get wet or ruined, that kind of stuff. Because we're pulling stuff into the boat and looking at it and, you know, creepy crawlies and little fish sometimes jump out of the oyster sacks when we're pulling them on and stuff like that. So. Right. So, you know, it could get a little messy uh, from the waist down. Definitely. Right. 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 <laughs> so wash and wear and shoes you don't really care so much about. Now, on top of the farm and the tours, you also own Humboldt Bay Provisions. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, kind of like I said, uh, I took that business over. It started in like 2013, 2012, and I took that business over in 2018 after it had been uh, through a little bit of branding into Humboldt Bay Provisions. And uh, it's just been a great outlet for my oysters locally and um, also helping out some other local purveyors with different vineyards, uh, Trinity Trinity River Vineyards and uh, Bryceland Vineyards and some of the other wine vintner guys. We, we carry their product here. And, uh, of course, all the different breweries and a cidery, Humboldt Cider Company. What's the vibe like inside? Pretty much it's uh, all reclaimed woods around uh, the red brick walls. You know, people like we have a, a pretty thick reclaimed wood a bar, warm and comfortable. Uh, it's a family atmosphere. Kids and families come in and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure oysters play a prominent role on the menu. So I have to ask, what's your favorite oyster dish there? Well, primarily we're just shucking and jiving oysters. So primarily it's, you know, oysters on the half shell, either broiled or raw. And we just have quite a few different sauces with a lot of local ingredients and some other purveyors of just making, you know, those high-end sauces that we put on that are from Humboldt County. Humboldt Hot Sauce, uh, Nona Lina's, got a real nice pesto we like to put on our uh, broiled oysters, I should say. What's your favorite sauce? Oh, my favorite one. I I really just like the simple, uh, like a traditional mignonette we do. Uh, Just shallots, black pepper, and some uh, red wine vinegar is what we throw in there. You know, up to now, we've been talking mostly about oysters and, uh, you know, things like that. But there's a lot more to life than bivalves. Um, what else do you recommend doing in Eureka? In Eureka, um, there's a couple different uh, tours. There's a, a nice carriage ride around Old Town with a, a fine gentleman, Brendan. And he does a real good talk of some of the architectural features of the Victorian seaport of Eureka. So... You know, there's a little bit of that right in town you can get into. And then a um, couple of nice restaurants if you're into some dining. The Sea Grill is one of them right here in Eureka. But, you know, further north, we got a really nice spot, Trinidad. A lot of people like to go to Trinidad, which is a, a sea town, you know, right there on the coast. And then I really enjoy the Trinidad Bay Eatery. They do a lot of good stuff there. What do you like there? Well, they definitely do some really nice uh, steaks. I think I really enjoy the ribeye there that when they have that going. Sometimes they run a bunch of different specials and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about non-oyster dining options. So right, that sounds right. like one right there. Any others that you'd like to go, you know, when you, wanted something, when you want something other than an oyster? Well, I think that um, there's another spot that's more of a California bistro that has a pretty good... Uh, selection of different things for for looking for something a little bit different it's the um humboldt bistro actually and uh, they're just right behind the uh, public library kind of looking out over the water it's a nice spot to sit Mm -hmm. and dine and look out and you know we've been talking mostly about eureka let's go beyond eureka for a minute where else in humboldt county do you like to go for fun 
One of the things I really enjoy doing is either um, going out to the jetties to just go watch the surf pound and the boats come in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of surfer spots for people that like to go surfing or watch surfers along the peninsula that goes out from Eureka, just between the bay and the ocean there. And then um, as far as like maybe a hiking excursion, that's a pretty good day hike. Uh, if you go just north of Oric, there's a trail called the Skunk Cabbage Trail that kind of goes through a lot of wooded area and then pops out on the beach on a pretty isolated spot where you can look out and see some some good rocks and sea cliffs and stuff like that out there. Maybe hear some seals or sea lions. You know, the climate's pretty mild. Um, it can change on a dime depending on where you're at as far as where layers, if you're out and about, you know, hiking through the redwoods or chilling out on the beach. Just be ready for anything because it can happen in Humboldt County. Well, Sebastian, this has been so great. Thank you so much for coming on to California Now. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Sebastian L. Wright is the owner of Aqua Rodeo Farms, Humboldt Bay Provisions, and Humboldt Bay Oyster Tours. You can book a tour today by going to HumboldtBayOysterTours.us. This is California Now. If you're looking for a dose of adventure in Humboldt County, look no further than my next guest. Kimberly Frick is a fifth-generation Humboldt resident and the co-owner of Redwood Creek Buckarets, a horseback riding experience through the pristine landscape of Oric. Kimberly, it's great to have you on. Welcome to California Now. Yes, thank you. So let's dive right into Redwood Creek Buckarets. Uh, when did you get the idea to start giving these horseback riding tours? My sister and I started doing this when we were in high school with the family that did it back then. And we were able to uh, start the business ourselves 14 years ago. What was kind of the impetus behind it? Like you were just sitting around the kitchen table one day and you said, we really got to do this? Yes, a little bit. (laughs) My sister's kitchen table. Yes. (laughs) You know, she was raising um, her two daughters at the time. And uh, the business I was working for moved out of state. And so, yes, we had a little bit of free time and said, what the heck are we going to (laughs) do? All right. So let's talk about the actual experience itself. I mean, what should someone expect if they book a tour with you? When you visit uh, the Redwoods up here in uh, the very northern California, it is often cool temperatures. And we travel up about a thousand feet in elevation on our ride and we give an interpretive tour. So we talk about the plants and the trees in the local area. And we uh, travel through about three different sections of the Redwood Forest. And you have different kinds of tours too, right? I mean, there there are three different kinds of tours. Can you explain a little bit about each one? We offer uh, the Goose Pen Ride, which is about an hour and a half along. And the Majestic Ride is two hours and 15 minutes long that takes you a little higher onto the mountain into a really nice old growth redwood section. And then we have the Picnic Ride, which is approximately four hours long that includes a picnic lunch out in the trees. Hmm, that sounds nice. Can you describe the landscape, what it's like on these tours? I imagine being surrounded by these gorgeous redwood trees. It must be pretty spectacular. Like, Can you describe it to someone who's never been? 
yes, most of our guests are very uh, awe-inspired, use the word magical or majestic often when they see these uh, giant trees. There's just nothing like them in the world. And on our particular trail, you know, you're surrounded by a lot of them. There's not just one or two. It's a whole hillside full of them. Do you think being on horseback kind of amplifies the magic of the Redwood viewing experience in any way? I mean, just like instead of just being on foot, being on horseback? Yes. One of the great things about uh, visiting the Redwoods on horseback is that you're a little bit higher up so that you can see over uh, the brush along the trail. And you don't have to be constantly looking down to see where you're walking, making sure you're not tripping over any roots or anything like that. Right. The horses take care of that. Not to mention the awesome experience of riding a horse. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, uh, do you have to have horseback riding experience to enjoy these tours? Or do you kind of give people like a a little lesson on on how to ride the horse? About 80% of of our customers have never ridden a horse before. And so our horses are very used to taking people that don't have any experience. And when you come visit uh, the Redwood Creek Buckarets, we do give uh, a very minimal instruction at the beginning of the ride on uh, how to uh, ride a horse. That's really great. What about kids? I mean, is this like a family-friendly experience? Yes, our age limit is six years old. And so when we have the little kids at six and seven years old, we only recommend the shortest ride at an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. But the older kids um, definitely can go on the longer ride. I mean, getting back to the actual redwoods, I mean, how how old are they and how tall are they? Like, kind of give us a sense of, of what people experience when they go on these tours. The redwood trees are the tallest trees in the world. And I believe the tallest one is 374 feet tall, which is very near our horse trail. We do know uh, a couple trees on our trail are over 250 feet tall, but you can't see the tops of them. (laughs) (laughs) And the trees um, are definitely over a thousand years old. Wow, that's pretty incredible. That that in in and of itself must be awe-inspiring to people who come to visit. Yes, You can hear the silence in the people trying to think about that, exactly what was happening, you know, 12 to 1500 years ago. Right, right, right. What are some of the things that you tell tourists when you're on the tour? Like, what do you share with them about the area, about the redwoods? We talk about the different plants and trees that help the redwoods. It has a very unique ecosystem that everything is working together to help the redwoods um, survive. Uh, We talk about how the horse trail uh, was formed in the early 80s. We talk about the local town of Oric and how it suffered uh, three 100-year floods mm. and now has a, a levee built by the Army Corps of Engineers that uh, now protects the little town of Oric. Mm. Um, we talk about the unique area that the Redwoods have to live to survive. The reason that they only live in this very small area of the world is because they need 800 gallons of water a day to survive. That's incredible. And our little town is usually just socked in with fog in the summertime. And the redwood trees drink the fog right through their needles. Oh, that's amazing. And so the redwoods just love that. And they're able to be 40 stories tall. Yes. You know, getting back to the horses, I mean, working with horses must be a real labor of love for you. I mean, has, has it been a lifelong passion? 
growing up, our dad always had a couple horses that he would take us riding uh, once or twice a year. And then when we got into high school, we really started um, riding. And yes, we have, my sister and I both have always loved horses. It is a lot of work taking care of horses. (laughs) What's your favorite thing about working with horses? I don't know if I have a favorite thing. I'm still astonished at how every horse is different. They all have their own personalities. They all have their quirks and issues. And it takes a while to learn, you know, what each horse's quirk and issue is and then figure out how you're going to work around that. Kind of like people. Yes. (laughs) Do you get a sense that the horses enjoy their part in the tours? I mean, can you tell? Do they like being up in the redwoods or, you know, and what's it like for the horses? Do you have any sense? Yes. Most of our horses really enjoy going to work and hanging out with people all day long. In the wintertime, we can't work because it's too wet here. And they'll often just be standing at the gate waiting. And so when it comes springtime, they are very happy to get out and uh, be with people. For for those who are unfamiliar, let's talk a little bit about your neck of the woods. I mean, how would you describe the town of Oryk to someone who's never visited before? Oryk is a very small town right on the Pacific Ocean and the southern gateway to Redwood National Park. And we are also home to Prairie Creek State Park. So we are completely surrounded by the ocean and the redwoods. I know that your family has been uh, there for five generations. Have you ever thought of leaving? I mean, what what makes you stay? No, I feel very deep-rooted to this community. Every uh, time I turn around, you know, I see something uh, that has been involved in, in my family's history for generations. And I really love the mild climate here. It's uh, almost year-round temperature. It doesn't get hot and it rarely freezes. Well, let's imagine that I, I just had a great two and a half hour tour experience with you and I'm, I'm right at the beginning of my weekend getaway in Humboldt County. What do you think I should do next? We highly recommend visiting Fern Canyon, which is in Prairie Creek State Park. In the summertime, it's required that you get a permit to go out there. So you want to plan ahead if you want to do that. But Fern Canyon is this uh, narrow canyon with giant walls, goes up both sides of it. And there's a fern that grows on these walls that only grows there in the whole world. Hmm. And there's a creek that runs through that. So you've got to be prepared to get your feet wet. In the summertime, they do put in walking bridges. But it is definitely worth trying to make it out to see a fern canyon. That's great. Anything else um, you want people to experience when they're coming up there that you recommend? Yes. uh, Prairie Creek State Park also has about 70 miles of hiking trails, and it's considered to be a pristine redwood forest. It was established in 1923, and it was never logged. A forest that's never been logged. That, That must be rare. Yes. Where would you go to experience nature beyond the redwoods? If you want to travel north, uh, about 20 miles north of us in the town of Klamath, there is what's called Trees of Mystery, and they have a gondola ride so that you can ride up in this gondola so that you're in the tops of the river trees, Mm. and you can either ride it back down or you can walk through their trail system down the mountain. 
And they also have a really wonderful Indian museum there with artifacts from uh, tribes all over the United States. You know, when, when you have guests in town, where do you take them? I mean, what, can you share a couple of your favorite things to do when you have visitors? The Sequoia Park Zoo, which is in Eureka, which is one hour south of us, um, has a small a zoo, but they just built a skywalk. So you can uh, tour the tops of redwood trees with their bridges. They have uh, swinging bridges that span between these redwood trees. That's really cool being up near the treetops. You're not just down at the trunks. You're, you're really kind of seeing them up close and personal. That's really great. So for visitors, they should know that Humboldt County is, is really, really big and really, really remote. Like when you're in Humboldt County, you're away from a, a lot of everything, right? People don't realize how big uh, California is, but if you fly into San Francisco, it takes you six hours to drive to get up here. <laughs> and our county, yes, is over three hours long if you just drove from one end to the next. That's pretty incredible. I mean, there's some states that aren't three hours long to drive. Like you're almost your own state up there. That's amazing. You know, Kimberly, we always end up talking about food on this show. Uh, so where would you send me for a great meal, either in Oric or nearby? Oh, boy. There's a lot of great food here. And one of the things that's good about our area is that we do have a lot of local seafood that is mm -hmm. uh, comes out of the ocean or the Trinidad Bay or the Eureka Harbor here. So you can get a lot of fresh uh, oysters, scallops, cod, halibut, and of course, salmon and crab seasonally. 20 miles south of us is a little town called Trinidad, and they have a couple great options. Larrapin Cafe, Sunset Restaurant is actually in the casino, and it overlooks uh, Trinidad Bay and has absolutely gorgeous sunsets uh, out the windows. Trinidad Eatery, which is uh, one of my favorites. This has really great clam chowder. The Lighthouse Cafe and Seascape Restaurant. That sounds amazing. Getting fresh seafood right, right off the coast where you can probably see the boats coming in. Yes. At uh, Sunset and Seascape Restaurant in Trinidad, you can see boats coming in. And in Eureka at uh, Cafe Marina, you have a great uh, view of boats coming in. So, you know, before we let you go, uh, I wanted to ask you if there were kind of any other practical tips you might have for folks who've never been up to Humboldt County. Like, are there any things we should know about to help us make our stay, make it great? I would definitely recommend um, some sort of guided tour, whether it's with horseback rides or kayak, jet boat, canoe rides, uh, guided tours, like through Redwood Guide, because you get to learn a little bit more of what you're looking at. Well, it sounds like a really beautiful part of the state. and I, uh, I'm really looking forward to coming up sometime and uh, just getting away from it all and just kind of like I can commune with nature and not worry about, you know, the hustle and bustle of everyday life, you know, elsewhere. Yes, there's not much hustle and bustle around here. You get to take in a deep breath of clean air. That <laughs> sounds really wonderful. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Well, thanks for inviting me. Kimberly Frick is the co-owner of Redwood Creek Buckarets. You can book a tour with her by visiting their website, redwoodcreekbuckarets.com. This is California Now. 
My next guest is Melissa Sanderson. She's the publisher of the Ferndale Enterprise, an award-winning newspaper located in the Humboldt County town of Ferndale. She's also the owner of Humboldt's Hometown Store, a neighborhood boutique that carries goods from 175 local makers. Melissa, welcome to California Now. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a lot to get into. But first, I want to talk about the Ferndale Enterprise. So tell us a little bit about the paper. So the paper is a paid, basically, community newspaper that has been around for over 145 years here in the town of Ferndale. Is it just all local news or do you have different publications that are part of it? Or how does how how does it what's it like? It provides news and information to what is known as the Eel River Valley here in Humboldt County, which uh, consists of the area of Ferndale and Fortuna and Lolita. When you pass through on the 101, you'll kind of come through these, you know, areas where you'll see. Right. So the, our right. news coverage uh, covers that area, and it, you know, it makes sure that it keeps these moments in history preserved for uh, years to come. I, well, I want to hear all about, like, what kind of stories do you cover? I mean, I, I'm guessing you don't have a, a Washington, D.C. bureau, right? No, no. <laughs> so it's an adjudicated newspaper. So we ha- we provide all the legal advertising for the town. And then we cover um, all the youth sports. And one big thing that we always cover is um, our local fair or Humboldt County fair. They are read by a board and we go to the board meetings and we report on what's, you know, happening there. And we report back to the community and tell them how they're using our dollars. That um, is so great. Similar to city council meetings and, and school board meetings, you know, we're there to, you know, provide the news. And a right. lot of times nowadays, you only see all the you know, the bad stuff and the, the breaking news uh, online. It not You don't really see newspapers a lot anymore providing that information. Right, right, right. I think in, in, in many ways, probably people living in Ferndale are probably more connected to what's happening in town than a lot of other people who live in like suburbia and may not even know who their oh, council yeah. person is or whatever, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like it's almost like you have to have the paper in order to know what's going on. And if you don't know what's going on, you, you don't live here. (laughs) You're not (laughs) from here. (laughs) You must be a tourist if you don't know. (laughs) Right. Right. That's amazing. I mean, you're so connected and you're so tied into the local community. It's just really awesome. Yeah. And the fact that my um, my company has these reporters and journalists that cover all of the county, um, it allows the town and the Eel River Valley to capitalize on that. So um, they're getting information, too, that they might not get elsewhere. Right, right. And so, you know, you are not just the publisher of a newspaper. You're also the owner of the Humboldt Hometown Store, which is located in an old bank building. Uh, what's the story there? Uh, it started at as the Ferndale Bank in 1911. It was built, and it is a massive white building in the center of town. Prior to COVID, uh, the bank left, and our local hometown celebrity Guy Fieri uh, <laughs> purchased this building. 
he threw out an offer, uh, a cash offer, and they took it. So here he had this, owned this building, and he also owns the building next door that's right connected, that's home to the meat market. He bought that building too to preserve it. So if you've never been to Ferndale before, it is like a step back in time. Uh, The buildings are Victorian. um, They call them, the homes are called Butterfat Mansions. When I purchased the Ferndale Enterprise uh, newspaper, I, since I live here in the Valley, I made a remark to somebody in town that I needed an office. I love an office in town, so I didn't have to drive so far to my other office. And Guy Fieri's dad, Jim, called and said, uh, maybe you can use the bank as your office for the paper. Guy would just love that. And we would love to make sure that the paper is the longest business in Ferndale. It's the oldest, I guess you could say. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with this bank being here and built in 1911, it's just a staple. So I um, was able to use, I have a little office here And then with the rest of the building, I couldn't really think of how to use it because I didn't need very much room for a newspaper office. (laughs) So I called some of my friends that made things and I said, hey, would it be cool to have a place where you could sell your stuff and then um, all year long instead of having to... Um, go to different uh, shows and craft fairs and things. So what has become is this, we call it the hometown store. And it's a store where anyone that's a, a part of Humboldt County has a product that they make, they can bring it into the store and we sell it. And it's basically a consignment store of Humboldt County. It's grown to, actually, we have over 220 makers now, and we are open to the public to just come in and they can shop and they can ask me questions about the newspaper. They can go look at our vault. We have a year-round Christmas room. That's really (laughs) great. And then um, our big claim to fame is we have what we call Flavor Town. So we have a room that's dedicated to Guy and... uh, We have a pretzel cart in here that is part of his foundation that the kids here at the elementary school sell pretzels out of. When Guy was young and lived here in town, that's how he started uh, his culinary uh, way is that he made these pretzels and he would walk around town with his little pretzel cart and sell pretzels for 50 cents. That was that was his start. So. What's it like having Guy Fieri as a, as your landlord? Is he a good landlord? He's great. A guy came to our uh, ribbon cutting, and uh, he's a very big supporter of you know everything we're doing here in the town. All right, let's let, let's let's dive deep a little bit further into Ferndale. I mean, I've never been there, but I'm definitely getting the sense that it's a very special place. So uh, you know, if I pulled okay. into town tomorrow, say tomorrow morning, what would I see? There's multiple ways to get to Ferndale. The The main highway is 211 that you'll come off of. And just going over the Fern Bridge is the first like glimpse of 
what the history and how you're going to step back in time. So Fernbridge, we call it the queen. It's um, a one lane in, one lane out bridge, super close together. And it goes over the Eel River. And then as you crest down, you enter Dairyland. So you see just nothing but cows and farmlands. And then you'll stroll into our beautiful little Main Street area. And it's your little quintessential small town. And when you you reach this Main Street area and it's like, uh, it's the Victorian era of uh, cottage historic uh, architecture. It literally just blows people's minds when they see the intricate paintings. Like there's some houses and uh, businesses along our main street that have eight different paint colors, nine different paint colors on the fronts of the buildings. And Hmm. they're all from, you know, the late 1800s when these buildings were built. Right. I mean, the town, I guess, was incorporated back in 1893, right? So it sounds like it's not just like a couple of blocks of Main Street that has kept that historic feel. It sounds like there's a lot of historic feel throughout the whole town. Right. It's the whole entire town. So the the town itself is a historical landmark. We have more cows than people. We have a noon whistle that goes off and we have a volunteer fire department. So it's just a very like small town feel. I have so many people that are like, where's the gingerbread mansion? And I'll, I'll point and I'll be like, it's right there. Yeah, that's really great. So, you know, on this show, we love to get advice from locals. So say I'm going on a long weekend trip to the area. Take us through what the perfect long weekend looks like. Like, what would we do? Well, uh, typically we see people roll in on a Thursday. So I'm going to start you out on a Thursday. If we were going to stay in the Eel River Valley, which I think you can absolutely spend a lovely weekend in the Eel River Valley, um, on Thursday nights at the boardroom here on Main Street, right next to the hometown store, um, it they do like a charcuterie type of um food and wine. They have uh, live music uh, pretty much every Thursday night. I would also check out our cemeteries here in town too while you're out at Russ Park. St. Mary's Cemetery is right next to it and uh, they are so cool. And to look at some of the headstones of the people that have passed, there's one lady who has her uh, banana bread recipe on her <laughs> headstone. So people make it. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> that would take you to about lunchtime. So right. um, there's a couple places here in town that I love. And I always tell people to go to, which is our Mexican restaurant is two years and they're open every day. So there's no like worrying about if they're going to be closed. And the other place that I like to send people is no brand burger stand. And it's an old, just 
kind of people don't even know it's a a restaurant like they it's just a little shack where you can walk in and order some burgers and it's the best burger you're gonna get <laughs> uh we also have this cool store called the golden gate mercantile and uh it is filled with all of the things for home and vintage toys um it has got everything you can imagine. And it's always a, a big stop for locals and tourists to spend a good, I could spend an hour in there looking at things. <laughs> Melissa, thanks so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Melissa Sanderson is the publisher of the Ferndale Enterprise. You can read all about Humboldt County and its happenings at theenterprise.press or stop into Humboldt's hometown store for a keepsake on your next visit. Their website is humboldtshometownstore.com. This is California Now. Thank you for listening to California Now. We hope to see you in the Golden State soon. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Soterius Johnson. Our producer is Kate Eppelboim. Jessica Marshall is our technical lead. John Godfrey is our editorial director. And our theme song is by Aaron Taos. Additional music by Casey. You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on TikTok, where you'll meet travel insiders and find endless inspiration for your next trip to the Golden State. You'll learn about cool attractions from picturesque hikes with incredible views to tasty bites and family-owned restaurants. Check it out. The TikTok handle is at Visit California. <laughs>